Father, we pray that you would help us tonight to hear what it is that you're saying to us. So that when we come to speak to you, we may know that you hear us and you answer our prayers. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll never forget that particular class in high school. It was an RE class, and we were in one of the mobiles that had sprouted up over half the all-weather pitch because there wasn't enough room in the school. Normally we had books and files and Bibles out on the desk, but on this particular day we only needed a sheet of paper and the pen of our choice. And our task was simple or, or not, uh, as may be the case. Uh, we had to write out the Lord's Prayer. I wonder how we would get on uh, if we tried that right now. Uh, you see, uh, you know it. You've known it probably since childhood. Uh, but in the moment when you're put on the spot, uh, could you remember it? you write it down? Uh, The RE teacher wanted to see if we uh, knew the Lord's Prayer word for word, off by heart, and written down on the page in front of us. Now you'll be glad to hear that we're not going to try that exercise tonight. Uh, We'll say it together later on in the service, uh, but it's easier to say it when you're saying it out loud uh, and all together. But so easy, in fact, that it can be rattled off fairly quickly without really thinking about what we're saying. From our long-term memory to our lips without even registering what it is we're asking God for. Tonight, though, we'll take it a bit slower when we say it together later on. Uh, And we're going to take it even slower now as we think about it together. You see, here in Matthew's Gospel, we find a version of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, But as you uh, notice, as you turn to page 970 in the Pew Bibles, uh, the Lord's Prayer didn't just drop from the sky one day written on a scroll for us. It comes with a context. Uh, within a chapter and within a section uh, of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, So for us to get to grips with the Lord's Prayer itself, we need to get to grips with the Lord of the Prayer. Here in Matthew chapter 6, we're right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. A lengthy section of teaching uh, as Jesus spells out what it looks like to be part of his kingdom. And last week we started this little mini section which deals particularly with practical Christianity, our acts of righteousness, as Jesus says in verse 1. Last week we looked at how we give to the needy and how we fast. And we saw that we're not to do these things in order to be seen by other people or to be honoured by them. 
Rather, we're to be secret agents, if you like, in stealth mode, giving and fasting in secret. Because our Father sees what is done in secret and will reward us. And so straight away as we turn to verse 5, we can see the same principle in work as we think about how we pray. Listen to what Jesus says there in verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. Now, in a a little while uh, in our service, I will be standing here praying and leading us in prayer. And next Sunday morning, if the Lord spares me, I will be standing down the street at the junction of Main Street and um, Maynooth Road, uh, praying and leading the village in prayer at the War Memorial. Should I not be doing those things? Am I acting in disobedience to what Jesus says here uh, by praying in these ways? What do you think? Well, I could be, but I don't think I am. You see, it's not so much the location that's the issue here as the heart with which it is done. Uh, The motive of the the hypocrite, uh, the person who plays a role saying one thing and doing another thing, uh, the motive is to be seen. Uh, The hypocrite here uh, in Jesus' teaching uh, wants to be seen by everybody to be praying uh, so that people think, uh, look at how spiritual they are. Now, while there may be a danger uh, that I want to be seen and want to be well thought of, in our services here or down at the War Memorial, I'm there to facilitate worship and facilitate prayer. Directing attention to God, not to Gary. As we saw last week, in order to give, uh, sorry, to, to give or to pray or to fast, in order to be honoured by people, means that the honour of people is all that we'll ever receive. The fleeting, faint praise that actually doesn't really count for much. And for all of us, there's always a temptation to be praised by people for something that we've done. And the desire to be seen to be giving or praying or fasting. So what's the answer? Well, Jesus says that the answer is to embrace the secret, hidden life of prayer. Verse 6. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. As we pray to God who is our Father, with all that nearness and intimacy, we're not to parade it before other people. We're to go in out of the way 
where we won't be disturbed, where we won't be seen and talk to our Father. He sees the secret places and he will reward us with nearness and intimacy and will hear and answer our prayers. Now again, Jesus isn't saying that we should never pray in the presence of somebody else. Otherwise, our prayer time later on in the service would be a quiet affair. And we would have to cut short our uh, all-togethers and our growth groups so that we don't pray in the hearing of anybody else. Uh, No, that's not what Jesus is saying at all. But when we do pray with others, are we praying so that they will think well of us? Praying so that we look good? Or are we praying so that our Father hears and answers our prayers? To that end, Jesus gives us some further instruction on praying in verse 7. He says, And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So the hypocrites, they prayed to be seen. And the pagans, they prayed to be heard by babbling on, by using ten words when two would do, in vain repetition, as some versions put it. Jesus says that we don't need to pray like that. It's not that we need to use a certain number of words for God to hear us. Instead, we're to come to our Father. He sees what is done in secret and he knows what we need before we ask. Rather than babbling on, Jesus gives us a prayer to pray, but also to base our prayers on. In, in just 52 words here in this version, Jesus teaches us to pray for God's glory and for our needs in that order. First on the agenda is God's glory. We recognize who it is that we're praying to and the great privilege it is to call God our Father. Just think about it for a moment. The God of all the universe, who by his power sustains all things, is our Father. We have been welcomed into his family. He is tuned into our cry. He delights to hear our prayer. But before we ask anything for ourselves, We center ourselves on God's priorities and God's honor and glory. We do that as we pray. Hallowed be your name. Now it's not as uh, one wee boy thought one time that God's name was Harold. (laughs) Harold be thy name. Um, It's not that. But God's name is to be hallowed, to be made holy. 
On Thursday past, it was Halloween. Uh, All Hallows Eve, the, uh, the night before All Saints Day. Uh, and so um, the saints are God's holy people. Uh, and so that's where we get Halloween from. And so for God's name to be hallowed uh, is for it to be regarded as holy, uh, to be honoured and glorified. And we do that as we align ourselves with him, as we seek for things on earth to be the way they already are in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray at the Lord's Prayer, we desire what God desires. For his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. Every time we pray this prayer, there's a challenge. Is this what we really want? Is this how we're living? Are we aligned with God's priorities, with God's will? Having first concentrated on God's priorities, we then seek our needs, not not our wants, our needs. Those things that we need the most. And you can summarize them in three words. Provision, pardon, and protection. Provision, first of all, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. We recognize that everything we need to survive comes from God. He is the giver of our daily bread. And so we look to him for this urgent need. We are not self-sufficient. We acknowledge that we need him and his provision. Second, there is pardon. Verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And we're used to saying the word trespasses whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer. But in Scotland... They use the word debts and debtors. And so I remember before we were married, whenever I used to go and visit uh, Lindsay in Dundee, I would always get a nice gentle reminder to not say trespasses out loud uh, during the Lord's Prayer, to say debts and debtors instead. Whether we use the word trespasses or debts, We are acknowledging to God our Father that we have failed him, that we are his debtors, that we have stepped over a line, over a boundary in what we have done and in what we have failed to do. And we acknowledge that we need his forgiveness, his pardon. But the Lord's Prayer goes further than just that. Jesus teaches us not just to seek forgiveness from God, but to offer the same forgiveness to those who have wronged us. 
Indeed, as Jesus continues to teach after the prayer, in verse 14, he says that the two are connected, even dependent on each other. That our forgiveness of others will be reflected in God forgiving us. And our unwillingness to forgive will lead to our own sins being unforgiving. In other parts of the Gospels, we hear further teaching on this from Jesus, such as the parable of the unmerciful servant who, when forgiven a huge debt he owes to the master, turns around and is unwilling to forgive a very small debt that he's owed by another servant. Forgiveness is never easy. Hurts hurt but when we reflect on the great debt that we owe to God which has been forgiven through the death of Jesus that same mercy and grace should flow through us to others provision pardon and finally protection Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray for protection from temptation and from the devil, the enemy of our souls who roars about like a a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. When we pray in this way, we acknowledge that we need God's help. But we simply cannot do it by ourselves. Jesus expects us to pray. He says when you pray, not if you pray. And he helps us to know what to do as well as what not to do. We're not to be like the hypocrites who like to be seen and we're not to be like the pagans who who like to be heard babbling away. But rather we're to pray in secret to our Father who sees in secret and we're to pray with simple words to our Father who knows what we need before we ask. As we align ourselves with his priorities, his name, his kingdom, his will, then we can seek his provision, his pardon, and his protection. We have a father who loves us, who wants to hear us pray. So let's pray to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you hear our prayers. We pray that you would stir up our spirits with a desire and a longing to pray. We ask that you would help us to live for your priorities 
to seek them first. And we thank you that you are the God who provides for us, who pardons us, and who protects us. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.